electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Cramer's at One Market in San Francisco, ahead of Dreamforce, which gets underway tomorrow. Futures kicking off Monday with some green on the back of this Tesla upgrade, which we'll get to. Very busy week between Dreamforce, Apple's event, CPI, ECB, some conferences, and the UAW contract expiration. Our roadmap begins with this massive week ahead for investors. A lot of economic data, that looming auto strike threat, two tech IPOs making headlines. Plus, Morgan Stanley, as Carl just mentioned, upgrades Tesla. Analyst Adam Jonas predicts a 60% rally, largely fueled by AI. We're also keeping an eye on shares of Qualcomm. They're up ahead of the open. Chip company saying it will supply Apple smartphones through 2026. Let's begin, though, with uh, Jim in San Francisco. As we said, dreaming up uh, for, uh, for gearing up for Dreamforce. Jim, going to be a busy week. Yeah, but you know, what's really crazy is that there's Adam Jonas just stealing the whole show. We've got, there's uh, conferences in Washington, there's conferences in San Francisco, conferences here, and he makes it so it's about Tesla. All I can tell you is, is that out here, it's just... Dreamforce is the AI force. I mean, I just think, and David, you know this from when you, you were with Musk. If you don't talk about AI, uh, you sound like you're clueless. If you do talk about it, you better start having something to back it up. Adobe's got it, Oracle tonight. But there's a lot of just AI chatter that I think is just chatter, David. Right. And that is a key question for investors. We brought it up many times because every company is happy to mention AI as much as possible. Uh, in part to try to get a multiple expansion, whether deserved or not. But to your point, we're going to get a sense as next year rolls along as to whether there are really products that are going to be fueled by this generative AI beyond the obvious beneficiaries that we've talked about so often, NVIDIA being number one, and then work it on down from there, whether it's Microsoft or Alphabet. Or interestingly, Jim, I'd love to get your take on the story about Meta which is now working on a very powerful AI that they say will exceed what ChatGPT can do. Well, if that's true, I mean, it would be important. It's not really what people are focused on. Uh, I think people are focused on something that makes it so that you can, very prosaic stuff, make it so data is easier to be able to use on almost a business-to-business way. I don't know whether Meta's going to get into business-to-business or whether it's just going to make it so that chat's more fun. Because right now, ChatGPT is really limited, limited, I'm sorry, it's limited by where uh, the last date was that it has the information. Carl, I, I find that what's far more interesting, even though it is for numbers interesting, but not interesting for people at home, is when we at Dreamforce, which is billed as the world's largest AI festival, it's about how companies can use their data. It's not how individuals can, can be more creative. Yeah, it kind of feeds in with a lot of the, the constructive macro notes, Jim, that we got today out of B of A. Uh, officially, they say we are in a recovery. If you look at their business cycle indicator, uh, David uh, David Carson over at Goldman. We're expecting yes, some progress toward a soft landing. CPI days, Jim, as we know, uh, pretty much all year have leaned green. 
Well, look, I'm so glad you brought up those comments because I've got Frank Slootman on tonight. He's the CEO of Snowflake. He was one who really did say in the spring, spending has slowed. He is now saying it has picked up. In some cases, there's real green shoots. You know, David, I think people forget, tech's had a nice rally, but not based on anything other than, a, than AI uh, goosing. But if there is indeed a revival of spending of I, of, for information technology, and very good note today, I thought, from Bank of America by uh, Subramanian, talking about how there, there is a return and recovery in, in uh, finance, Dave, we got finance up and we got tech in recovery. You know that means rally mode for uh, for the entire stock market. Yeah. Well, what do you make of that given the the recent action that we've been seeing, Jim, particularly last week? Well, I think some of it, yes, has been foreshadowed. But at the same time, if you get a decent CPI number on Wednesday, if you actually have numbers going up tonight for Oracle, which is going to be a very important report because they've done a lot of work with Jensen Wong and NVIDIA, then, Carl, what will happen is that people be, uh, they have to take numbers up. We haven't had numbers taken up. We've had chatter taken up. And I think that numbers taken up could mean that we actually have a decent October, which would mean, mean, you know what, maybe you've got to stop selling, say, finance. And we know what's going to really matter is the ARM deal. I mean, I think ARM is going to turn out to be incredibly important because they are NVIDIA's partner in the next generation brain. So we've got a lot of interesting things happening this week. You had a big IPO. Instacart, not so big. Didn't get any takeovers this weekend. But if we get a big IPO from ARM, look out. It's going to be a good market for tech and finance. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, by the way, uh, Journal, page one this morning, earnings revisions getting lifted. First time since the third quarter of 2021. Also in the journal, David, is uh, Nick Timoros, uh, the so-called Fed whisperer. Basically, probably the strongest language you've seen so far, hinting at a pause in at least September. And that the debate within the Fed is not as unanimous as it has been in recent quarters. Yeah. They're going to get it to 2%, right? That's that's. That's what the word is. So we'll see whether, in fact, that requires them to at some point raise again, Jim. I, I, I don't know the answer. I don't know that you do. But uh, I think a market, the market would anticipate a pause and would be surprised if it were not one. Correct? Right. But I think if you get a red hot CPI and it breaks the, the skein, then I think people can say, well, wait a second. They're not done. Uh, I, I think that this has been an anti-Fed rally. It has not mattered. Uh, and the reason I say that is because there are periods in the 80s and 90s where you saw long-term rates go up and Fed rates go up, and yet the market rallied anyway, and not just anticipation of the end, but because business got better. Carl, we're in recovery mode for business. I, first of all, people don't even realize we had a downturn, but we are in recovery mode. Things are coming back. The estimate revisions is the most important thing that could happen because that just means it's not so-called P.E. multiple expansion. Again, Oracle tonight will be crucial. Safra Katz, if she is as bullish as she was when she was at the New York Stock Exchange, then you're going to see numbers go up. If Mark Benioff and my preview of Benioff is going to be talking very positive, we're going to see more revisions higher. Revisions higher equals higher stock market. Uh, that's going to be important. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe little wonder that uh, the Treasury Secretary, obviously playing a bit of a political role, but on the flight back from the G20, says she's feeling very good about her prediction of a soft landing. Uh, I think you'd have to say we're on a path that looks exactly like that. So what is there to worry about right now, Jim? I mean, you th- well, is it about I, the I strike think- and student loans? I, I, look, I think that the strike, I mean, look, I've been putting some numbers together about the strike, and I just, 
Do you not get – there's a lot of people who just think it really killed GDP growth. I mean, this is 108,000 people. We don't know whether they're going to strike all three. They don't have enough money to go more than five weeks of even if they do a $600 payout per week. So I'm just not saying that strikes to me that important. I think that they're more likely to – if they're going to pick one of these Stellantis. So I, I, I just think it's not a big focus. I do think that a red-hot CPI would make people feel very different. Uh, and I think oil going to 110 would make people very different. Be very different. But right now, if we can hold four and a half for a, a, a 20 year, I think we'll feel pretty good. Kind of takes us to this Jonas note, David. <laughs> yeah. I mean, back to AI, really, because that seems to be fueling his uh, his decision to make it a top pick, a $400 price target, saying that it could add as much as $500 billion, the ad there being Dojo, their AI effort, uh, $500 billion to Tesla's enterprise value, expressed through a faster adoption rate in mobility, robo-taxis, of course, uh, and network services as well. Um, they've been at 250 So that is powering that stock this morning. Um, not sure where it is in the pre-market. Had been up as much as there, you see, almost 7%. Uh, um, aggravating. Come on, aggravating. Look, the that? guy's a showman, okay? He's yes. a showman. Yes, he has always been. There were any number of his reports I can remember that have uh, very exciting titles. I, I, yes. Yes. I mean, honestly, I mean, do you think the do you think the Giants are that bad? I mean, this is like a one hit thing. Wait, what's the one hit thing, though, Jim? I mean, he, that just, he was he, against the stock from the he's been fighting this stock. So suddenly, no. He doesn't have to fight anymore. You know why? Because he's been fighting it as a car company. Oh, but as a tech company. You know what? Jensen Wong is sitting there saying, you know what? This guy is taking my chips because he doesn't have enough of his chips. He's creating brains, and now he's creating himself? A man with two brains? I saw it. It's funny. Wait, did I hear you say Musk is creating himself a man with two brains? I just want to make sure I heard that. I mean, the brain is really NVIDIA's brain. It's Jensen Wong. Right. Come on. You were down there. He actually mentioned you. I got that from you. Which you part? killed Musk. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, like when he's sitting here, I don't know what he means. I, it's, I don't it's worse, fully. It's worse cross country. I don't fully I just follow. felt that you expect in your interview. He said yes. that he needs NVIDIA chips. He thinks they're really expensive, but he uses them for the brain. And it is absolutely true. When you, when you break open his brain, not that I want to do any sort of neurosurgery. I'm talking about his, uh, not his brain. I don't know what's in there. It's like a lot of, lot of NVIDIA chips in there. You find that it is, uns- you know, whether he wants it or not, it's NVIDIA chips because he can't make them himself yet. Maybe yes. he will one day. They but have right said, management has said they need as much compute power, meaning the NVIDIA GPU clusters that you're referring to, that it can get its hands on. And it currently cannot physically secure the amount of chips necessary to train cars, right? This is all about, again, this is about the vision for robo-taxis that Musk did in our interview back on May 16th outline, and he has uh, before, talking about the real opportunity in terms of revenues from a fleet of taxis out there that they would split the revenues with the owner of said car, Jim. And this would be getting there, uh, you know, as Dojo increases its power and ultimately is a purpose-built supercomputer designed by Tesla to train the full self-driving. That you get to, uh, yeah, and then what do you put a multiple on that kind of recurring revenue I just find, I mean, Yes, it's possible that they could have an AWS-like business, mm-hmm. that Tesla could do that. And it's entirely possible. Look, we knew that everyone kind of folded when it came to their, their charging. 
But, you know, Carl, my problem is, is that when you do a when you put a five hundred billion dollar business, when you say it's going to be that uh, we're not talking about 2023, 24, 25. And the market works and discounts out about a year. But Jonas does it out about three years. He's out of sync with both the economy and this stock market. So I didn't like this call at all. I, th- yeah. I like the hostess Twinkie call more, frankly. I, I hear you. And listen, it's a, it's a fair point Jim makes, certainly, that the guy had a $250 price target. So obviously right. below the current stock price and suddenly oh. has reversed. He's been equal weight for a very long yes. time. And there is a large disclaimer in the note that uh, Morgan Stanley does and seeks to do business with companies related to Tesla. Uh, it may uh, alter or imply a conflict of interest in Morgan well, Stanley. Well, I'll tell you the one thing, thing they love to do. The only thing that was true about that note is he's not corrupt. Okay? They, He's not corrupt. I'll tell you That's one thing true. Morgan Stanley would love to do is get out of that $13 billion. It did. It doesn't have it. didn't take it all down. <laughs> that it financed the Twitter deal. Any bids? Jim, what do you want to bid on that? Because they'll, they'll listen. I don't know. I promise yeah, I think, you they will listen. I, Linda Yaccarino, I think she's been saying it's it, uh, 10 times better. It's 10x. It's 10x, right? 10x, okay. get that, because Twitter's Morgan X. Morgan Stanley and the other banks have provided the $13 billion in financing to help yeah. that $44 billion deal. They will take a discount, I guarantee you, and a significant one to get out really? of that commitment. Well, because they can't so. put any new capital up until they kind of, you know, in some ways. No, no, so see, out of the market. I was agreeing out of the, with you. I know. I was, they're I was out of the, being um, facetious. They're out of the leverage transaction market to some extent. They'll dispute that, but it's true. Jim, we speaking, had an ADL guy on last week about this thing. I mean, like, this thing is so controversial. We don't want any of this stuff. I mean, I just think that this thing is just not really coming together, David. It's just not coming to fruition. Uh, Jim, speaking of chips, Qualcomm going to enjoy what we think may be its best day since May as they extend this uh, modem chip supply agreement with Apple, which does raise questions among some this morning about Apple's uh, preparedness on their own chip as they've gone vertical in the past. It's been six years since uh, they thought that they might have this. I was rather surprised. I don't think it was in anybody's business. I think that Cristiano Amon has not even, you know, as much as he loves to speak much more uh, aggressively about his earnings, if you can get my drift there, David. I get uh, it. Oh, I, I don't it. think incredibly nice guy. Uh, oh, but boy. he didn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice guy index. NG over uh, per share. But, David, I've got to tell you, this is one of those that it did make me feel like, really? You don't have your own modem shed? Uh, especially because uh, they don't like each other, as you know. They're not friends. No, they have had uh, a good amount of litigation in the past, all of it resolved. Um, but yes, you're right. I, I don't know that they are overly friendly. No. Listen, Apple has a good, uh, the tr- I mean, the M2, I have those laptops. Man, they are super fast. So they replacing the Intel chips. So they have a track record of developing their own chips. I have no idea whether or what the timeline looks like for this one, but certainly not going to be until, I guess, 2026 at the earliest. Yeah, I don't want to ruin a narrative because it was so great last week. But the store, the Apple stores, Carl, jammed this weekend in China. I know it doesn't go with the narrative. I mean, we're supposed to like full stop sales, but the stores were jammed. Now, those are not actors. I think those are people who are buying Apple. Yeah, maybe um, the one, maybe even the one that Dave is talking about, but actually the cell phones. The stores store, were jammed. The stores in China. Where, you yes. Got, you got channel checks for us there? What, what yes, you, I you, have you, channel you, checks. Okay, just making sure. But no, no, but I decided, you know what, I just said, no, I'm just going to make it up. I'm going to be like the, the I'm going to mention it again because I didn't get you to say, I'm going to be like the Giants offense. I mean, 
I'm, I'm trying to get someone to bite on this thing. I Come need, on, this is that game know, was our uh, game. It was the first game, and I mean, I'm more uh, a Jets fan than Giants, but I do root for them. So okay, I'll bite. Good luck you tonight. Wanna, you want to talk about the Mets now too? What else would you like to do? Is there something well, else? I actually, I think the Jets are going to play a good game tonight. I think they, they look very well. Although Jim Sirianni says um, your birds are going to still have to reevaluate after that second quarter, at least. Yeah, there was a. We have to. What we have to do is have linebackers. I know that you know. Yet we had nine men on the field at one point. I think, and not just in the terrible uh, specialty team phase. That nine-man thing against eleven has always been. The main thing tonight is if you're a Spectrum subscriber in New York, where are you going to go to? I'm trying to decide. Hulu Live, Fubo, or YouTube. Got to make that decision today. We're going to talk a lot more about Charter versus Disney later in the program. Are you surprised it's come to this? No. Really? I'm not, in part because, you know, I listened to Chris Winfrey at, uh, at um, the Could Goldman Conference. Yeah, yeah. And right. um, obviously, I've been doing a good amount of reporting on this. And no, I'm not. Um, are you but the longer it goes, the more likely it is Disney that Disney will trust, not David. return to Charter. Say again? David, are you bullying me? You're <laughs> doing a bowling on me. You're making me sell for the story. And we're going to talk, talk about Talking the Boeing about piece. Talking about Lake Sunapee. I couldn't believe that. You're Boeing me. Quite prominently. Guys, uh, let's, uh, let's take a break here. There will be a moment of silence and a moment at the big board and the NASDAQ on this 22nd anniversary of the 9-11 terror attacks. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. You'll hear some applause on the floor of the exchange this morning as the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ each about to observe a moment of silence remembering and honoring the victims of the 9-11 terror attacks, which took place 22 years ago today. It's been said that even 22 years later, the sadness never truly leaves you, but we remember the victims, we remember the bravery of the rescue personnel, and we try to remind those who increasingly are too young to remember that day uh, how much was lost. John Michael Collins. Michael L. Collins. Thomas Joseph Collins. Joseph Kent Collison. Jeffrey Dwayne Coleman. Patricia Malia Collander. Linda. Future's looking pretty good here on the back of that Tesla upgrade, which we talked about a moment ago. We'll get to some of the other developments, Boeing, uh, 
Kellanova. There's some Walmart news. When we also come back, a cross-country edition of Kramer's Mad Dash as Squawk on the Street continues. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get to our first cross-country mad dash of the week. And Jim, Hostess is getting bought by J.M. Smucker. Five and a half billion, that includes debt. It's 30 bucks in cash and 0.03002 shares of Smucker. That amounts about 425. Total price before we begin trading, 3425. What do you think of this deal? Well, first spirited. I mean, General Mills wanted it too. I think a lot of people remember uh, Hostess is going bankrupt twice. Uh, very hard for an arbitrager, I think, to figure out how to hedge in 0.39, but it's, uh, 0.03 is killing the stock. But, Dave, I'll tell you why I like it. I like it because people are still snacking, and I think that that matters tremendously. I know I have them on tonight to talk about the deal, but Andy Callahan turned this company around, and it was not the company that people remember as being, uh, let's just say, uh, suboptimal when it came to its numbers. So I think the deal's fine. You got Ding Dongs, you got Baby Bun, you've got uh, a lot of what I regard as being the the ultimate, let's say, but fattening snack food. There Jim, you go. to your point, it was an auction conceivably, yes. and they came out ahead. But you know, I think some investors are wondering whether there are real synergies there for them, given the who they may have been up against, and obviously paying a higher price, and that seems to be reflected in an 8% down print right now. Well, look, I am surprised that they, and I'll speak to them tonight, uh, that, that General Mills came in. I think there's, look, people are desperate for growth in the food business. And this company got growth. It's also in the convenience stores, which has turned out to be a more important channel than people ha- uh, remember pre-COVID because of more travel. David, I think the biggest worry is, is that there are some people saying that with these new weight loss drugs, you're not as interested in buying junk food. I'm not so sure if that's the case. I think junk food is always going to be on the American agenda. I like the deal, if only just because I like this channel for Smuckers. Smuckers needs growth. they got growth. Jim, it's interesting, and we'll get to it at another point, but you've mentioned it a number of times. I've heard it as well, the idea that these, uh, that these new drugs that control weight loss also do depress your appetite for McDonald's, for Coca-Cola, for things of that nature. For anything good. Anything yeah. that's fun. Don't yeah. forget alcohol, David. Holy cow. Right. Tastes like, you know, look, I, I've got to tell you, I think that's going to be the big knock on the deal. That's why I want to hear from Mark Smucker tonight. All right, guys, let's get the opening bell here and the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big board, uh, Ecopetrol, the largest petroleum company in Colombia, celebrating its 15th year of listing at the NASDAQ. It is Tuesday's Children, a nonprofit supporting those impacted by terrorism, military conflict, and mass violence. 
as um, at least Jim, we get some decent breath at the open and once again, 4,500 in a stone's throw. What's amazing is, is that we've been hearing over and over again that if interest rates go up, this market should go down. Well, we, we have a not great bond market today. It doesn't seem to matter. What matters, I think, is earnings uh, and the possible excitement of the arm deal and the fact that Apple, looking at the stores this weekend, we just kind of lost the whole narrative of Apple doing poorly. That was you know, a crucial narrative to send the market down. And instead, we got Jonas's call, uh, Morgan Stanley. I've got to tell you, if you didn't like him for autos, boy, you love him for tech. That's the way that story's playing out. David, you know that Tesla can ignite this whole market. And you got a Microsoft Catalyst. You've got Oracle tonight. But if Tesla, so goes the Tesla and Apple, so goes the market. Those are the two most important stocks in this market. Yeah, no longer NVIDIA being amongst the most, if not the most important stock. Well, I think NVIDIA, we need more data. I do. I will. I will talk about Nvidia tonight with Snowflake because they're good partners. But I think that Tesla and Apple, because it was going down, Tesla because it seemed to have lost uh, some allure. Don't forget the strike is going to cause even more attention to how Tesla's got the lowest cost. Uh, I look. Nvidia has been always been a reason to go up, but that's been the bellwether. I think that Nvidia needs a rest here. It's had a great run. Uh, the other uh, dynamic that's gotten written about over the weekend, Jim, is the way in which Tesla is kind of crushing any of the Germans' uh, ability to leverage the China market, uh, particularly Volkswagen. I think this is amazing. I remember, these are when he went to Germany, took on the Germans. David, you remember how this, you're not supposed to take on the Germans in Germany because they have German engineering. Is U.S. engineering, is he that confident when you spoke with him about U.S. engineering versus German engineering? Uh, I don't know. I don't think we got to that level of discussion. And sadly, I haven't had a real opportunity to speak to him with any great regularity since our conversation some months ago, Jim. So I, I guess I don't know the answer. But to Carl's point, uh, the Germans are not ahead when it comes to EV. I think we can all, Amazing. I mean, they may dispute that, but that seems relatively clear. I don't know if you guys also saw all of the um, traditional engine cars that are being shipped from China to places like Europe as well at incredibly competitive prices given the fact that the Chinese market has started to really weight towards EVs. 27.5% tariff that we have on China. I spoke to Secretary Gina Raimondo from Commerce about whether that should go up. It isn't clear. I, I don't know how, you know, Carl, look, it, the sentiment against China is pretty universal. Uh, we could try to stop those Chinese imports by taking that 275 up to, say, 50. Uh, right now, I know that Bill Ford is very worried. I know they're also worried about the strike, but uh, Chinese are well underneath our cost. And I just don't know whether they're going to let them take our markets away. But they're not coming. I mean, they're not shipping here. There's no ice no. engines getting uh, shipped here from China. Not yet. No, not yet. You, you think even with a 27 and a half percent tariff, there's a chance that they could try to take actual markets here in the United States? I just know that that Ford's worried. I'm not worried. But for, if Ford's worried, if Bill Ford's worried. I cannot say to him, you know, you don't have to worry about it. it, it, it I just don't have that kind of staying power against the, right. God, well, the Ford family. In part, though, it's the surfeit of, of automobiles in China as a result of, A, the, where the economy is, and, again, the fact that they have waited towards EVs for new sales um, more recently. And, obviously, Tesla does compete very aggressively in that market, given the largest factory it has is in Shanghai. Well, I think it... Maybe the Germans have their factories in the wrong place. They've been building all their factories, building a huge number of factories in Mexico. 
Uh, and that, that's a great idea. But, you know, Carl, I just think that the, they're not in ascendance at all. I mean, Germany's kind of sunsetting right here. And I think the people are unwilling to say that. Uh, I just said it. No problem with it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do wonder, Jim, whether or not you want to take on uh, the Alibaba uh, management shuffle or um, what the president was able to get accomplished at the G20 and in Vietnam uh, on this uh, this Boeing deal and, and also the, the Boeing story in the journal today. Boeing story in the journal, a little rocky, but you know what? They're, they get saved by United, well, the old United Technologies at Raytheon. RTX. David, you see the RTX story? Yeah, I did. I did, providing us uh, an update. Remember on those on those Pratt and Whitney uh, GTF fleet engines. Um, you want to do the news right now, guys? Uh, you know, in terms of what the impact's going to be. Well, I, I don't know whether the biggest thing is the charge, the three billion dollar charge. Thank you. Or the fact that you got to take six hundred engines out to be inspected. I mean, these these uh, airlines need every plane they can get. Suddenly, they're taking the engines out. So I I think that. I don't know. You can't just switch over to GE. This is a big service issue. But what's incredible is this was, I thought, one of the best-run companies. I don't want to give up on them. But, Carl, this is one one of the worst stocks other than Disney and the Dow. Disney being the benchmark of bad, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Three to three and a half billion, as Jim just said, Carl, over the next several years, pre-tax operating profit impact. Um, that is inclusive now of a three billion pre-tax charge that was uh, taken. That is taken uh, in the third quarter. Um, and again, it, it, this powder metal fleet management plan, yeah. which, as you point out, it's going to take out a lot of a lot oh. of engines. Oh my! The airlines for, are for just this. You know, you're going to honestly, Carl. You may actually see estimate cuts from the airlines because this is that big. I mean, it's huge. And, uh, and I can understand why the stock is down. It actually makes sense that the stock is this low. Yeah, I mean, although the full-year-adjusted EPS guide doesn't change, right? No. no, but I think that you, know, you get these situations and people just say, you know what, there is a company called GE, and uh, we could, let's just, you get this tainted issue. I think it's, these, this company comes right back, and safety matters tremendously. But, it, David, the, you might look at this stock just tells you, this is, if you look at GE over wow. RTX, it's extraordinary in terms of the stocks. Uh, yeah, Larry Culp Cole, over the weekend, it, 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 taking a bit of a victory lap yeah, on, on TV. Yeah, took him a while to get, get his momentum going, Culp, but once he did. Um, wow. And by the way, you can take a look at GE Medical, too, because that's, right, Jim, that's performed quite well. Since My trust split, owns it. No, and there's the, more to come. The numbers are great uh, because you're going to need them, particularly for the plaque. You're not going to be able to get. The anti-plaque Alzheimer's drugs, unless you use an MRI. But nobody seems to be focused on that. My trust started buying GE Healthcare on the, on the big discount. Maybe it starts coming back, but the, the stock is act terribly, Carl. It just acts terribly, and I don't understand it. Uh, but medical devices have not been a great part of this market. Yeah, sorry, I didn't realize it had been down that much from its, from its not-that-long-go highs. Um, no, speak, it's been yeah. a bad, but it's a great company. I think the real exciting part of this whole thing will be the renewables, David. they got a renewable business that may actually be right now everyone's just in first solar they have a good industrial renewables business that larry culp has turned into a powerhouse he is something hey we should get him we should get him on david <laughs> you fly up to boston remember you flew up to boston you got him i did i did i and did you the got first solomon last him. week and you got musk rocky. solomon yes. musk culp I mean, the solomon Iger. interview yeah, by the way can Iger. i just say Iger. that yeah. was fabulous thank the you the solomon interview was fabulous thank i you. loved it because you didn't relent it wasn't no. like, okay, I guess things are good. No, it's like, well, hold on, five partners left. What did you, when he, what, that, that was some body language from the five partners. 
You know what? Listen, it, those questions I felt had to be asked, at, uh, and they won't be asked again by me. So hopefully we'll sit down again at some point and get back to a more more normal uh, type interview. Although we that did wasn't get to down goes Solomon. Down goes Solomon. We got that plenty, wasn't We got to plenty of the usual questions. I did think his comments about capital guidelines under the new Basel uh, regime, which is yet to come, were interesting. Sort of pushing back relatively hard against it. And um, Jamie Dimon might do the same at one o'clock today. Wouldn't yeah. shock me if Jamie Dimon just doesn't take the wood to this. So there is there is that as well. Um, did you want to comment on the Boeing story at all? I thought it was kind of a weird story. Uh, you well, know, the I guess they home? don't. I mean, the, yeah. Well, it, there's it, a big work from home movement there. You know, Calhoun doesn't actually work from the headquarters. I guess that's clear. Does work from, as you pointed out, in 2021 from Lake Sunapee. Works from uh, other places. Is in a plane a lot. I guess the CFO well, works out of an office in Connecticut. All right. I mean, they've got hybrid work. I don't know. I thought it was a little. Solomon's in a plane. We decide that's okay. Odd. Right? Yeah. I thought it was a. It's not like they've said everybody back to the office. Everybody. No, every day. And then. But the not The Lake Sunapee aspect of, was. The yeah. Sunapee thing was. That was not. That was suboptimal. Ill-advised. It was ill-advised. It was. Well, you clearly knew about it before other people, perhaps. Reporting, David. You taught me, the, you taught me how to do it. <laughs> yeah, I taught you. Um, all right. I'll take that. I'll take that. Where do we want to go now, guys? We want to uh, let's do a favor report, shall we? I want to get back to, uh, you know, a topic we've been talking about a lot last week. Mentioned it briefly at the top of the show, which is this really seminal uh, moment in terms of cable television as we know it. The fight that we've talked about, if you want to call it that, between Charter uh, and Disney. Uh, and tonight, for us Jets fans out there, of course, there's a key moment. Having uh, Really, uh, the question is, if you are a Spectrum subscriber, Charter owns Spectrum, the cable service, and broadband, obviously, provider, much more important. Uh, do you find a virtual MVPD? Because it doesn't appear at this point, and we got, uh, we got some time to go here, uh, but less than 12 hours before kickoff, that... Uh, you're going to be able to watch the Jets game. So you got to figure something out, don't you, if you care about sports. But, of course, this gets back to a lot of other uh, larger issues. And let me just share some of the thoughts from uh, some of the analysts out there, starting with uh, Moffat Nathanson, um, talking about the fact that much has been made of the unusual asymmetry in negotiating leverage between Disney and Charter. And they make the point that I've made. Every fight we've ever had, it was always content is king, and ultimately the distributor relented. But in this case, programmers like Disney had all the leverage. This time they say the shoe's on the other foot. Charter now has all the leverage. Why? Well, we've made this point again and again. This is not a particularly profitable business for Charter. And in fact, Moffat Nathanson makes the point that it may, by getting rid of video, will open up significant capacity for their broadband business, which could result in even higher speeds to customers, for which they perhaps can get paid more and certainly be rewarded with some more loyalty. There is that question that if you actually remove Spectrum as your video provider, will you also choose at that moment to remove them as your broadband provider? It's a reasonable question, um, but at this point, the real question is, does Disney have any interest in changing its business plan the way the Charter would like it to? To the point being that, you know what, we want you to bundle not just your linear networks, but we also want you to bundle your DTC offerings, ad-supported, all in one package. 
We want our subscribers to have access to them as well for what you want us to pay. Because this is, again, Charter, I'm speaking broadly here, says because for years now you've been hollowing out your linear video uh, offering using the money that our subscribers are paying to you to enhance your DTC offering, which they can't benefit from, at least not for the price that they're paying us. By the way, it's $2.2 billion. That's what Charter pays Disney just for the sub fees. Now, that's obviously paid by subscribers. Um, it's a big number. And the question then becomes, well, does that go away? Or do those who leave simply replace Charter, Spectrum, with uh, virtual MVPD? The way I'm trying to figure out right now, whether it's Fubo or YouTube TV or Hulu Live. For me, it may end up being Fubo, believe it or not, because they actually offer SNY and MSG because I'm a big sports fan and I care about the Knicks and I used to care about the Mets. I'll care about them next year. Um, each of these has different offerings. No Warner uh, networks on, uh, on Fubo, but maybe you don't care about Discovery or CNN. So it will be interesting. We are moving to the salad cart world. How many will actually make the move? By the way, Spectrum sent a, a text to its subscribers saying, here, you can sign up for Fubo at a, at, a, at a reduced price, at least for the first few months. Both stocks up today. I would point out that um, research from Evercore ISI this morning also makes a point that, in fact, many of these customers for Disney will go to the virtual MVPDs. So if the programming is removed from Charter, what do we think? Well, actually, it may not be bad for Disney. The $2.2 billion doesn't disappear. In fact, they say it will go to other video providers as opposed to leaving the ecosystem. You'll benefit because the YouTube TVs, which basically is priced at par, I mean, they don't make any money from it. Um, they pay higher rates than Charter. So who's the big loser here will be a key question. Not to mention, Jim, the question of sports rights. You know, if ESPN does not have the leverage that it appeared to have, can it continue to pay at the same level? We've talked about competition from the likes of Apple and Amazon for sports rights. But if you are going to see a lessening of leverage, perhaps, does it mean sports rights actually starts to come down unexpectedly? And what would that mean for pay, for example, as well? So, Jim, David, we're following it closely. I don't know what your plan is. I mean, you've got every, you don't have to worry, because I know in every one of your houses you have like three different providers. That's true. I do. Um, yeah, I actually do. Uh, I, and I was using the YouTube yesterday, and actually I was quite satisfied with it. But, David, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, a huge amount of that, those are expensive to put together. You, you, if you just bundle them and give them away, isn't that another, I don't know how many, another couple billion that, if, you, if that was multiplied across all systems, isn't that just terrible for Disney? Um, it wouldn't be helpful. I mean, I think at uh, first issue is, do people just say, for, fine, I don't care, I don't want ESPN, and Charter stops paying them for it, uh, and all the Disney programming, uh, and $2.2 billion is gone. Now, that's unlikely because many of us who are sports fans will go to one of the virtual MVPDs, as I said, and therefore the affiliate fees will remain the same or, in fact, may even go up. But your point's an uh, important one. For its part, Charter and its new, relatively new CEO, Chris Winfrey, um, you know, simply says, hey, we don't see the economic value for our customers here. You keep hollowing out the ecosystem in linear. There's really nothing left there, per se, that we're paying for. And so we don't want to keep subsidizing your DTC efforts. But they believe it should be all one package. And they actually, of course, believe that Disney would benefit long term from retaining the overall connectivity relationship with them. 
and letting them, by the way, promote those DTC offerings as well to their customers. Remember, as we've said many times, broadband is the product, it's the key product, it's the main product, and wireless now. Video just doesn't seem to matter as much, certainly not for charter. Wow, content is pouring. Amazing. Plus, Carl, it's like with the strike, it's like, great, we don't even have to pay for content. I mean, what the heck happened? I thought content was really important. Uh, well, definitely a reset in what, it, in what it's supposed to cost, I guess. Um, giant pull forward to some degree, David, right? Trying uh, to chase the Netflix model in a hurry. Yeah, uh, w- without a doubt. But again, we, we continue to come back to the question of the direct-to-consumer offerings, the amount of capital that they consume, and the, I think the fact that they will never replace what had been for 20-plus years or more an incredibly profitable business, namely... Um, having many, many people pay for networks that they didn't watch. Uh, Jim, only two tickers I think we might have missed. Uh, Kenview had quite a nice open here on this Deutsche upgrade uh, as they yeah, go to 27. Stock, this stock's just been terrible, and a lot of that is, uh, you know, people are concerned. Uh, there's a Tylenol lawsuit that I think will not affect them. Uh, I'm not that, that focused on that. I, am, I had a feeling that NVIDIA would not go up today. I mean, you know, this is an attack. I regard I regard Musk's move as, as basically that he's saying, listen, I'm going to find a way to do better than NVIDIA. I don't think you can do that, but it is hurting the stock. And, you know, I just say let it fall and then buy. Let it yeah. fall, though. Well, the Jonas piece has a lot of resonance. What's interesting is resonant. the market managing to work around uh, the drop in NVIDIA today, Jim. All, all sectors are green. You got almost every Dow stock green except for Cisco, just down marginally. Yeah, then Cisco had a, has had tremendous outperformance. Uh, I, look, I, I think this is a market that may actually you know, got Dreamforce this week. I really want to find out whether there are companies that are other than Adobe, other than Adobe, that are actually making money on AI. And I think Frank Slootman at Snowflake, whom I've got on tonight, I think he is making money off AI. I think the most of the people are pretenders. And if you're a pretender, they're going to take you parts soon. Uh, we will get uh, both Oracle and Adobe earnings this week, in addition to all the other news headed our way over the next five sessions. By the way, quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Just sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or use the QR code on your screen. It takes you right there. Uh, Fed's going to be in a blackout window, but uh, we'll watch bonds closely, of course, as we inch our way to the CPI print later in the week. Take a look at yields with the Dow 150. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Did uh, want to point out big interview tomorrow. That man right there runs uh, Brookfield Asset Management. You know, we don't talk about it perhaps as much as we do the KKRs, the Blackstones, uh, the Carlisles, the Apollos of the world, but they are one of the dominant alternative asset managers. Jim was talking earlier about, for example, renewables and the portfolio at GE. You want to talk renewables? These guys have an enormous uh, business in terms of providing financing and equity for many of those deals around the world. So don't miss a Bruce Flat tomorrow. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. You know, Carl, we talked about a lot of companies in AI. We talked about how uh, Meta's got a relationship with NVIDIA and they're doing kind of inference work. But we haven't talked about Microsoft and a catalyst watch uh, that's, com- that's really, I think, kind of very true, which is that, you know, you're seeing... 
this co-pilot that Microsoft has, people forgot about it. It was something that initially people said, well, hold it, these guys have ChatGPT, they've got a lot of stuff. And then people just forgot about Microsoft. Well, I think it's better to put Microsoft right front and center in AI. They've got a real AI product that is definitely, as Citi says, a rich catalyst. So I think Microsoft deserves to trade up three. Makes sense. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch. We remember what happened when they announced the pricing uh, yes. back in June and July, and we'll see what the 90-day catalyst look like here. How about Everyone tonight? Everyone forgot. Everyone forgot it's going to be big. We have Snowflake. That is big in AI, and it's actual and additive. We have Twilio, which is trying to use AI to be able to uh, revive their customer relations management. And then I just uh, booked uh, the, uh, the J.M. Smucker on that deal to, to buy uh, Hostess Twinkies. Uh, Hostess was a company that was in, in bankruptcy twice, and then came out. Andy Callahan steered that thing terrifically. We had him on National Donut Day in June. Business is smoking. So let's talk to Mark Smucker to get see if a food company can reignite they had some good numbers a couple years ago. Maybe they can do it again. Uh, that's a good one, Jim. Uh, we will Thank see you. you. Uh, miss you here at the desk, but great coverage all week. I know it's coming. Uh, Jim Cramer out at the One Market for Dreamforce this week. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.